What is up, everybody? Welcome to Weird Stories of the Paranormal. I'm your host, Chris. Episode 13. Lucky number 13? Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Uh, all right. 1313 Mockingbird Lane. Anybody remember? The Monsters? <laughs> That's right. Episode 13. Uh, before we get started, I want to send a shout out to our partner in crime, Raquel. Yeah. Happy birthday month. Yeah. Her and her husband are out right now for her birthday. She's not going to be a part of the show with us today for that reason, but that's okay. Uh, she's actually out doing some really cool stuff in L.A. right now. Mm -hmm. I believe she shared some pictures of us staying at the Rosewood Hotel. Right. Um, she was at the Scientology building to, yeah. uh, a couple days ago or a day ago. Uh, crossing my fingers that she catches something paranormal so that yeah. we can share it on the show. And I want to hear about her personality reports. Yeah, her personality reports. Yeah, she got. Yeah, she's out there having a good old time. And and uh, have, have a good time, Raquel. Enjoy your time, you yeah, and your husband. You Wish you guys were here, but we know you'll be here shortly and and, and on the next episode. And uh, we also had Jennifer, who was supposed to join us today, folks. But for whatever reason, she has some stuff going on and she couldn't join us today. We missed you, cuz. And uh, we look forward to having you on our next show, which. Um, I'm coming up with a topic for that. I haven't had a chance to think about what I want to talk about because of the fact that I've been really busy with work. Yeah. But you know me. I always come up with really cool and fascinating topics to talk about every week. Always. Or at least when we record. That's right. <laughs> Alrighty. And once again, like we do in every episode, we want to send all our uh, shout out and, and props out to to all the frontline workers out there. Doctors, nurses, EMTs, teachers, all those people who are at the point where... The world is starting to become a bit more normalized again. Never going to be completely normal. Uh, I think it's we talked about a this. A bit more social. Yeah, at least a bit more social. Yeah. We talked about this before. I don't think we're ever going to be able to go back to who we were. We are changed forever. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. Change can be good if we work it the right way. So, like I said, a shout out to all those people out there, frontline workers who are out there doing everything they need to do to help keep people you know uh working and taking care of people medically our educators like juanita yeah, thank you and uh all those people out there who are who are doing uh uh what i like to call god's work thank you. or the universe's work if you don't believe in god <laughs> so uh all right so awesome. juanita yes sir how was your week awesome it was my birthday on Tuesday. Happy birthday Yay. happy birthday to me it was great we um had a great time with my family and I've just kind of been celebrating all month, so yeah. awesome. I'm going to see Mortal Kombat tonight. Oh, really? I've yeah. seen it already. I loved okay, it. Okay, don't tell me. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been a good week. Yeah, everybody does in the end. Oh, I'm just and joking. I'm back on my skateboard after my little Oh, really? Back yeah. on my skateboard yesterday. Uh, you're a trooper. So, you are a trooper. Yeah, it took me a uh, while to get back on because I was, like, not scared of falling again, but scared, you know, like when I fell, I was like, wow, I'm so lucky that I didn't like break my head or like lose an eyeball or die. <laughs> right. And so now it's like, especially that last one. <laughs> yeah. And so now it's like, what if, right? So I, it, I was more hesitant. I it's was, it was more like a psychological barrier. Now it's yeah. totally psychological, but I got back on yeah. and then I even got on my roller skates too. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, good cool. to go. like they used to tell me when I was young and I used to hear this from a great boxing promoter back in the days. Tamarras es un huevo. That's it. Pretty much. And Absolutely. for anybody who don't know what that means, uh, it's going to be kind of hard to explain it. <laughs> I don't think it's going to translate well in English. No, it doesn't. But she toughed it out. She yeah. did what she needed to do. And for all those people out there who don't know what we're talking about, Juanita had an unfortunate incident yes. a few weeks ago where she was on her skateboard 
and she took a tumble, got pretty banged up. <laughs> but you know what? That's all the fun. Like, like, like. Do you think all the dog boys and, and Z Town boys back in the days when they started to make skateboarding popular you know cared about getting hurt? No, no. I think it's like a rite of passage. You it, have to it has, yeah, so yeah. I, feel I like know I did as a kid. I feel official. Yeah, and I wouldn't get on one now because I'd probably break my leg or my neck, <laughs> and that wouldn't be fun. Plus, I couldn't do the podcast, and I'd be sad. Yeah. The important thing is you're gonna let it stop you. Thank you. Exactly. Yes, thank and you. so, how's school going? I know you guys are... We're still distance learning. My district is still a little hesitant to go back in person. Yeah. Um, the majority of our community is uh, has expressed that they would like to still continue distance learning. Yeah. Um, and then, since we're kind of close to the end of the year, that might be the route we take for the rest of the year. Um, but Understandable. So, yeah, we're still kind of waiting it out and seeing what's going to happen. Yeah. And, um, I mean... For the most part, I get why they wanted kids to get back to the classroom, even though they only had a couple months before summer. Yeah. Um, but also at a certain point, because of how things are slowly progressing, mm -hmm. and they're not, we're not getting this there as quickly as we thought we would. Right. I understand if they just want to take the summer off and just redo everything over again yeah. for next year. Because yeah. hopefully by next August, September, when school starts again, maybe we will have more people number one vaccinated mm -hmm. uh more cases you know the, the cases are going to be down yeah um and so it'll be a lot easier for you guys to get back in the classroom and be more comfortable teaching kids face to face because yeah. that's really what it comes down to at the end of the day it's the comfortability levels that you have yeah it's not that you don't want to teach it's not that no. teachers don't want to do their job or that these superintendents don't want these teachers to get paid or yeah. anything yeah it is about the comfortability level. It's a, Because like we've said many times before, this is really all about not just yourself, but how people around you are affected. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Whether you believe in this thing or not. Right. I always go back to um, a couple episodes back. You said that you wear your mask. And I love when you said you wear your mask, not necessarily for you, but like especially like the clients that you work for, for them, for their peace of mind, yes. for their safety even if it's just a sense of security that they have and so absolutely yeah I yeah agree 100%. and so uh I, i'm totally on board with how things are progressing uh for the school districts and stuff i know some school districts feel a little bit more comfortable they're advancing things a little bit yeah. some are holding back and at the end of the day i don't think anybody's doing anything right or wrong mm -hmm. you know it's really comes down to the well-being for the kids the yeah. teachers and everybody involved we don't want any more people sick i know my mom was diagnosed with covid mm -hmm. she wasn't doing good there for a while but she is now getting feeling oh, better she's on oxygen we love you mom and continue to get better Even better yes yeah you know so believe me this this covid thing if it hasn't hit close to home for you don't knock it yeah. Because it hit close to home for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And those feelings that those people have had about what happened to their family members, they're valid. Whether you believe in the COVID thing, whether you're a conspiracy theorist, you don't believe in vaccines, whatever it may be. At the end of the day, it's not just about you. The sun doesn't revolve around right. one specific person. Mm -hmm. It revolves around everybody that we live on this beautiful blue, green earth. Yeah. You know, so um, thank you very much, Juanita. Mm -hmm. All right. So in case anybody's wondering... The voice that is male, that is not mine, <laughs> is actually our guest speaker today, my nephew, Gabe Delatore. Welcome. Welcome, Gabe. How are you doing, guys? Thank you for inviting me. Of today. course, man. I've actually wanted Gabe to be on the show for a while because he, in a lot of ways, is like me. He's very opinionated, very smart, knows what he's talking about. Uh, he tends to lean towards the science part of things. 
um, which is fine. Mm -hmm. I lean on both sides, the science and the religion. Mm -hmm. um, but I've wanted him on the show for a while because I know that he is very knowledgeable about, about a lot of things, just like me, Juanita, and the other girls are when we share our topics and stuff like that. Um, and uh, so welcome, Gabe. We're glad to have you on the show. Um, can't wait to hear what you have to say about today's topic. But before we get to that, how's your week been? Oh, well, it wasn't nearly as exciting as Juanita's, but my <laughs> week was good. And, uh, you know, just a lot of work and laying on the couch and watching TV, which is just how I like it. So. Oh, that's nice. Well, there you go. <laughs> I mean, that's the life, right? Exactly. Yeah. Go to work, make some money, kick it on the couch, watch TV. Take a nap and do it over again. Yeah. yeah. You know, especially the take a nap part. Because <laughs> that sounds like a vacation. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? Hey, if we could all live our lives like we were on vacation, I think we'd have a, a lot of happier people to be oh, around. Sure. You oh, know what I mean? That's for sure, definitely. Yeah. Um, all right, cool, Gabe. Well, my week, just same thing. Been busy uh, doing what I need to do. Uh, I finally went to a Dodger game. Yay! Good for you. Went to Dodgers uh, uh, the opening weekend, as a matter uh -huh. of fact, to watch them play the Nationals. Uh, been going to Frankincense a lot. Uh, Frankincense is a giant, gigantic warehouse where anybody who wants anything to do with any type of topic subject collecting comics whatever it may be oh, wow. it's there like it's like comic con but it happens every week and oh, it's in la and they're called frankincense for anybody who wants to know uh i love that place and uh made some really really cool finds there the last couple weeks that i went mm -hmm. uh comic book wise things that i thought i was never gonna find and i did so i've been a happy man Awesome. And on top of the fact that I've been working my butt off and, you know, doing what I need to do to pay bills because the bills don't stop coming. That's right. They don't. You know what I mean? That's true. So, all right. So we're going to get to a topic today that has to do with what we talked about on our last episode. For all our listeners out there, uh, last week in episode 12, we talked about cults. Uh, more specifically, uh, religious type cults like the Jim Jones, Charles Manson, um, the uh, Heaven's Gate, Heaven's Gate mm -hmm. as well as uh, uh, David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. But I didn't want to talk about this specific topic or cult because it has so many branches. Mm -hmm. It just so much involved in this situation oh, yeah. that I felt it and that it deserved its own episode. It's definitely its own topic. It's sure. its own topic because it's such a broad topic. That's why. Absolutely. I totally agree. Um, and the topic is Scientology. So for a lot of people out there who don't know what Scientology is, it was a... Something that was created by a gentleman named L. Ron Hubbard in the early 50s. Um, he actually wrote a bunch of books based on ideas that he had called Dianetics. Uh, anybody who's read the Dianetics books, they were considered to be, at that time anyways, ways to make yourself mentally healthy and have a well-being and be even physically healthy. Um, L. Ron Hubbard was a man who uh, was... Uh, diagnosed with schizophrenia, suffered from, you know, different uh, uh, mental uh, uh, issues, I guess you could say. Uh, he was in the Navy, uh, had kind of a, I wouldn't say a rough childhood, but it wasn't the best childhood. And he had a horrible Navy career. Just like yes, he had a very horrible Navy career. Um, went to see a psychologist or a psychiatrist and 
didn't like the way they talked or, or, or opinionated of what was wrong with him, I guess you could say. They, the way they diagnosed him. He mm. wasn't happy with it. He was actually at a point was against psychology. So he came up with his own idea, his own things that he can do to help people mm. mentally. You know, That's fascinating because um, some as I was doing some of my research, it de it all depends, right? Because like whoever is putting out the message, they are oftentimes biased, and so a lot of what I it's so fascinating. I think Scientology is because um, at the root of it, it's you know like we're talking about him and his perspective on those what he called them was mental blocks. Yeah, right. And it's like um, because he you know according to some of the the research that I did, he was working with, um, like soldiers and, um, people that had been injured, um, in battle and they were not getting better. They were not responding to treatment. Um, and some of them were dying. So what he, you know, he went in, he had to like reevaluate like, well, okay, why aren't they responding to these treatments? And yeah. so he came up with this, that it's these mental blocks because he had studied with a naval officer that had studied under Sigmund Freud. Yeah. So he had this whole psychoanalytic background. Yeah. And he was considered by some people in the psychology industry, uh, people who, who were agreed with what he was doing, to be one of the very first uh, people who ever dealt with PTSD mm. patients and military patients that who who had traumatic experiences because of the military. Yeah. You know, so, um, so he created these books called Dianetics, and those books and everything that he was about, I feel that he really wanted to just help people. I think so, too. I, I think, think yeah. his plan was... I'm going to put these ideas out there and if people really take it to heart, what I have to say and follow these ideas, you know, whether they be personal ideas or not, all, all he wanted to do was help people. But that's mm -hmm. what uh, I think is so interesting is because that's what his idea was to help people. And he, it turned into a system of corruption. It did. Unfortunately. You know, is what happens with a lot of, or not, I'm not going to say all, but you know, a lot of religions start out with just wanting to help people and they turn into these big, Sort of kind of corporate business like things, which is what ended up happening with Scientology. Absolutely, so. you're 100 percent correct. Um, at the core of things, the idea always starts off as well-being. Right. Well-being, unfortunately, when it touches base with money or anything monetary, it takes on a whole new persona. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, uh, when they say money is the root of all evil. I believe that in the sense that money changes people. Oh, yeah. And when there is a when there's room for a lot of money to be made, whether it's made off of people's feelings, emotions, or whatever it may be. Vulnerabilities. Definitely the vulnerabilities. Um, people will take advantage of that. Yeah. I mean, because you think about it, like Scientology, um, and especially like L. Ron Hubbard's perspective, think about it. Like anybody who's having any kind of medical issue. And then here he comes is like, well, the reason is because you have this mental block and I can help you overcome this mental block. Mm -hmm. And then all these treatments that you're trying, all this money that you've already spent, all this that you're trying to do to heal yourself, that once we remove the mental block, now it's going to facilitate the process and now you can be healed. Absolutely. So yeah, definitely preying on people's vulnerability because who doesn't want that? 
Yeah. And and like Gabe was saying, um, a lot of what eventually people consider to be cults start off that way. Yeah. It starts off with well-being and bringing you closer to something that they feel can help you and maybe even save you from whatever. They have an enlightenment. And then... Yeah. Living your best life. And then people being people. Yeah. All of a sudden... That evolves into something else. Yeah, because you know uh, Robert. Oh, I mean, what's the name again? Oh, Ron Hubbard. Oh, Ron Hubbard. You know, he had Lafayette that vision. Ronald Hubbard. Yeah, yep. <laughs> he had that vision and he had that idea, but I don't think it really became about money until that David Miscavige came. I think yes. that's what happened. You know, and, there, and the, the, the unfortunate thing with L. Ron Hubbard is that you know, I believe that he probably was most likely schizophrenic, so he was probably mentally unstable and really couldn't have taken it to a true potential of what it could have been. Is Absolutely. Like, you know. And, um, you know, a lot, he was also in trouble with the law a lot, so he had to go into hiding a lot. So he really couldn't be in charge of Scientology in general. You know, and and, and the unfortunate part is, um, because like I said, Scientology started, I think, in 53, 54. Uh, what he was actually starting, he started in, in, I think, 50 or 51. Right. Um, he got to be too old mm -hmm. at one point. People weren't taking him very seriously anymore. Uh when Miscavige took over, um, I think that guy saw an opportunity to exploit people, to make a lot of money, mm -hmm. and not just that, the power that came with it because of the fact that uh, if anybody doesn't know a lot about Scientology, the name dropping you can give on the musicians, actors, artists, so many well-known Pop culture people, everybody from John Travolta and his wife before she passed away uh, to Tom Cruise and even uh, uh, Leah Remini, who eventually broke off. Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to that in a second. But, I mean, I think when he took over, he saw this potential to build this business. Right. And it quickly went from what was supposed to be a help type deal to how much money can I make? And he did it the smart way, though. He filed uh, with the government for them to become a religious sect. But L. Ron Hubbard also filed. His was denied. It was denied. So You're I absolutely think that's right. How Miscavige got that. That's how he got that that handle on on Scientology in general because he was able to do something that even L. Ron Hubbard couldn't do. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And what is it? What it has eventually evolved to now. People consider it to be a cult, like France. You are. It is illegal in France to be a Scientologist. Mm. They considered it to be just straight up cult. Wow. Yes, yes. But that's that's what I think is is so fascinating for people is that, you know, some label it religion. You know, some label it a cult. Some label it a business. It's kind of a mix of all three. It you is. Know? And and for people, it's like, well, what is it really? You know, that's what I think attracts people to it is that yeah it's, it's so it, it's because everything is perspective right yeah um i could say the sky is blue gabe's gonna say no it's aqua you're gonna say no it's kind of teal yeah who's right Periwinkle. yeah it's yeah. yeah that's actually what uh around hubbard's main thing was you know the truth is what you think the truth is that's what i think absolutely quotes, you know so. absolutely the because uh, everybody's truth is their own yeah. and nobody can tell anybody that they're right or they're wrong because everybody's going to absolutely believe what it is they're saying. Right. 
is the true or right version. It's just like the uh, the uh, adage where you know uh, uh, something happens between two people. There's his story, there's her story, then there's the truth. Yeah, you know. Uh, one thing about the truth is it's never going to stop being the truth. The truth will always be the truth. Yeah. Um, you can't change that. Mm -hmm. The only thing that changes is people's version of it. So, so you're right. Uh, a lot of people do look at it as a business. Some people do believe in it as an actual religion. And then there's the people who are like, how much money can we just make off these people? Yeah. Because having, I mean, let's be honest. Snake oil salesman. Exactly. Yeah. Um, let's be honest. Having people like Tom Cruise and John Travolta and, and all the number of actors, actresses, and artists that are in Scientology today, you know, they got tons of money. a lot of clout as yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, they have that money. The thing that really makes me sad is the people that don't really have that money but are investing all of their life savings, all of their assets, everything they have. You know what I'm saying? Just to advance and be in this That's, thing yeah. that they but believe in. You know what? So, uh, so yes, religion, business, but also, like, have you seen their little ads? Yes. They're so, like, I mean, if you didn't know better. I was actually about to say that. I, I don't want to talk about my life because no, I don't want to bump people out, but I'm actually going through a tough time in my life right now. Mm -hmm. And when uh, Chris told me that, you know, research Scientology, I was like, okay, I mean, I already... You know, I saw the Liam Remini show and stuff like that. I had a pretty good idea of it, but I was like, you know, I'm going to do some more research. And yeah. I went on to their actual website, and, you know, I started looking up, you know, what is Scientology? What is their principles? You know, they had videos and whatnot. And I was like, wow, like, they literally know how to prey on your vulnerability. Right, because it's like, sign me up. I want Yeah, that. because I was <laughs> like, wow, like, amazing. I'm the kind of guy that's like, I don't buy into stuff, you know, just to, just to buy into stuff, but... They're, they're inspiring me to want to join this, even though I know what they yeah. are. And it's, there's still a part of me that's like, oh, this sounds kind of cool, you know? You know? And, and, and see, but that's how it works, though, right? Exactly. Yeah. That's it's how it works. It's just like, be the best version of yourself possible. If, like, and help people. That's their big thing. Yeah. You, know, you can help you help others. And it's like, wow, you know, I want to yeah. be productive uh, and helpful yeah. to society. When I was in my late 20s, uh, 30s, I used to work in the car business. Uh, Gabe was really young, but I'm sure he remembers. I worked for a couple different car dealerships. Yeah. And I learned a term that I even use today, jokingly, but at that time I used it to try and make money off people. And the term was, help me to help you. Right. Yeah. <laughs> help me to help you. Mm -hmm. And what I meant by that was, I'm in a situation where the person wants to buy this car, but there's roadblocks in the way. Mm -hmm. So what can we do about these roadblocks? Mm -hmm. Oh, well, but I don't want to pay. The, well, you have to help me to help you. Right. You want the car, right? right? Oh, I do. You like the way it drove, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you want to take this car home today, don't you? I mean, that's why you're here, right? Yeah, of course. All right. Well, help me to help you. Mm -hmm. What can we do? How much can you give me? So that I can take that to my boss and say, all right, well, they're willing to give us this much down. They want their payment here right. and they want to finance this much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can we get it done or not? Right. You know, and psychologically, who doesn't want to like, um, I think it's just in sales in general. If you make, if someone makes you feel like you're saving money, like you're getting this huge deal, like you're getting this, like, you know, everybody else is paying this, but, but for you, it's going to be this price. You're Absolutely. more likely to buy. Because yeah, you're like, definitely. well, I mean, how yeah. am I going to say no and, to this? And, and you hit the nail right on the head. It's a deal and it's just for me. And you hit the nail right on the head earlier when you said snake salesman because a lot of cults, they're 
earliest bases were based off of those snake salesmen, yeah. gypsies, and whatnot mm -hmm. that sold things to people that absolutely were not going to help them one right. bit. Right. But they made you think it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the placebo effect. Mm -hmm. If you think it's helping you, then it really is. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, for anybody who doesn't know what the placebo effect is, when they do uh, uh, trial runs on medications and different types of things, there's a certain amount of people that they will actually give the medications to to see how, how it helps them. Yeah. And then there's a certain amount of people that they give what they call a placebo to. Like a sugar pill. A sugar pill. Yeah. It's, it's the control group. Yeah. And the whole idea behind a placebo is they make you think that what they gave you is actually there to help you. Mm -hmm. And if it's making you feel better and making you feel good, then... It's doing its job. It's mm -hmm. it isn't any different than the actual medication that they gave because it right. did its job. It made yeah. you feel better, right. and that's the whole idea behind it. And and that's what a lot of these cults, you know, uh, uh, do. Um, uh, like with the uh, uh, Jonestown uh, uh, um, and the uh, David Koresh and them, they made those people feel special. Mm -hmm. They made them feel like, well, your family doesn't want you, but we do. Right. Mm -hmm. Nobody understands you. I do. Right. I, I know. I've been there. I know how you feel. Mm -hmm. I've been there for you. You know, I'm going to be your best friend. And they start to do things that make it seem that way. And then, of course, with all things like your relationships, friendships, love, it can be very blind at times. Right. Yeah. You don't see it, even though it's right in front of your face, but you don't see it. Because you want to believe that what that person is telling you the is the truth. Because it and, sounds really awesome. And then at the same time, you also don't want to tell yourself that you're being taken. Yeah. Nobody likes to know no, that they've been taken. Exactly. It's a horrible feeling. Nobody likes to know that that the wool's been pulled over their eyes. You know what I mean? So you start to believe these guys. And then how could he be wrong? Look at this guy. He stands behind a podium. He's he, Look at the way he's dressed. Right, he's, look at his life. And look at all these other people's lives, and they just did what he said, and look at the lives that they're leading. So if they did that, and this is how their life is, then when I do that, you know, you know, and my life is gonna. And be you know, and a lot of what Rami, uh, Leah Remini uh, or Remini, I don't know mm -hmm. the exact pronunciation of her last name. A lot of what she talks about in her show isn't just that they're a cult and whatnot. It's how they lure people into. Yeah. I was just going to say about Yeah, how these people get lured into becoming Scientologists and, and getting into the religion of, of Scientology and how she was uh, coerced into, right. you know, uh, being in it. Uh, a lot of it had to do with her uh, uh, spouse at that time mm -hmm. uh, was in it. She became a part of it. And a lot of times that's how religions happen, too. Uh, and a lot of religions, uh, especially like with the uh, David Koresh mm -hmm. one, uh, where we talked about last week, how David Koresh was actually impregnating the wives of the staff, of the staff, of mm -hmm. the married men. These guys were married Members, to these women, yeah. but they're he carrying told them they Koresh have sex with their own wives because they belong to him now. Well, exactly. Because God told them. Exactly. To be happening. Yeah. And because you love your spouse that much. And you don't want to admit that you lost. You are willing to go along with right. it. And well, I think it was Carl. Get, oh, sorry, do you want to go ahead? The deeper you get, the more invested you are. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's what um, it was Carl Sagan that said, you know, if someone's been bamboozled long enough, yeah. eventually they'll start to 
reject any evidence of being bamboozled. Absolutely. You know, you you're, the longer you go through it, the more you're like, well, I just have to keep continue believing in it because I've been in it for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't go back after a certain point. Yes. It's just been too late. So. Absolutely. And, and and it's an unfortunate part of getting stuck in situations like that. And then you, even when you start to realize that what these people are teaching you or what their teachings really mean and what they are, you're like, but what am I supposed to do now? Right. And you, and then another thing that they do is they convince you that even when you do want the help, your family's not going to help you. They don't care. Your family, your friends, they don't care about you. Right, because if they had your best interest at heart, then they would be supporting you on this, mi- exactly. on this mission. And if they're they're not supporting you, so clearly they don't want what's best for you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, it, it's unfortunate. Uh, um, on top of that, um, there's also stories about them taking people and imprisoning them and their little yeah. camps. There's actually... Uh, they're punishment camps. Yeah, they're punishment camps. And there's actually one close exactly. to where we live. We live out here in the yeah. Coachella Valley for a lot of people who are barely learning about our podcast and who don't know where we are located. We're located in Southern California in a place called the Coachella Valley. And if that's not clarifying enough... We live in India where they do the Coachella Fest and yeah. Stagecoach. So now everybody around the world is like, oh, I know, I've been there. Yeah. I know where that place is. Yeah. Stagecoach, oh, yeah, I've been there. Coachella that's the, Fest. That's the only thing we're known for. By the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> well, that's the reason why the city of India called themselves the city of festivals. Right, because it put us on um, the map. Yeah, because it helped put us on the map. Exactly. But uh, there's actually one over here uh, by the what is called considered to be the Inland Empire by uh, Hemet mm-hmm. Banning Area. And they consider that to be actually one of the more dangerous places. Uh, I've seen documentaries and even episodes uh, that, that Leo Romini mm-hmm. uh, did where they people have gone there and they say that if you get too close, it's almost like Area 51. That there's guys with guns that will actually say, we're going to shoot you if you come too close to our property. You know, they've tried to fly drones over it. There was actually a story a couple years ago in the news about a guy who was flying drones over that area. And they were shooting the drones out of the sky. The guy tried to sue them. But he got wrapped up in so much litigation. Yeah. I mean, you got to imagine that the kind of clout and power that the Scientology religion has, yeah. they have to have some of the most heavy-duty lawyers right. that there is who are going to tie you up in, in lawsuits for four, five, six years before yeah. you even think about getting well, anything I out of it. I read that they were like three or four billion dollar like enterprise so they got the money to do what they got to do yeah absolutely so yeah and then uh, like one of their tactics is just to like uh, like you so somebody wants to you know a personal citizen wants to sue them for something they'll come at you and then they'll go at anybody else who's who might possibly be able to help you absolutely at the end i mean it's just it's not worth anybody's time it it they because see that's that's what businesses like that do see and this is where it becomes a business aspect more than a religion and more than a cult because at least with a religion if you're really a true preacher and you really want people to practice what you believe Mm -hmm. you're not trying to hold people prisoner you're not trying to wrap people up in litigation so that they forget and try and stop fighting you Mm -hmm. that's where it becomes a business because businesses yeah well, I look, or, at, it, I look at it as a business with the foundation of a dangerous cult. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So that, and, that's the way I see it. 
and what kind of religion allows themselves to have rumors where they're saying that they're imprisoning people. Mm -hmm. Like, if I have a church, and I know what they're saying is unfounded and not true, I don't necessarily feel like I need to go out there and defend myself, but I'm also not going to let people drag my name through the mud. Mm -hmm. Scientology doesn't seem to care. Well, they care, but the thing is, like, anybody that comes out and speaks against them, their mission now is to make you look like oh, you're completely and, and that's the crazy part. They actually, well, I mean, of course, this is all speculation, mm -hmm. but um, there was another story where a family had left Scientology. Uh, they lived in L.A., mm -hmm. and other members from the Scientology church that they were going to would actually go to their house and harass them right. everywhere they went, whether they were at work, at the park, at the new church they were at. Yeah. Sending people to like, like thugs, I guess. I mean, they're not gangsters. They're not mafia people, but you're a, a thug nonetheless. If I need to feel, if I feel the need to go to your house and make you feel intimidated for, mm. you know, don't speak out against us because yeah. if you do, right, this is going to happen. I consider you a thug at that point. I don't right. care how religious you want to claim to be. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, even in the Bible, where where do you read about Jesus going and like telling people? Like, he got mad when people were breaking, uh, uh, you know, like the 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 story of the tabernacle where he went in and he found everybody in in his in God's church uh, uh, selling things and prostituting mm -hmm. and stuff. Yeah, he got mad at stuff like that because they was they were committing sin, right? Mm -hmm. But these people aren't. They're punishing these people for because of sin yeah. they aren't allowing these people to continue to live their life because they're afraid their secrets might get out if yeah. these loose lips sink ships exactly but that's, you know I mean? that's why i consider it a very young cult you know that that will that could have that has the potential to grow into a religion you know i mean i'm not saying jesus went out and like hired people to go after them but you know in christianity's young and early history if, if, if they found out you didn't believe they would Burn you at the oh, stake. Absolutely. Stand, the Crusades, the Dark Ages, you know? Absolutely. So, I mean, the, obviously, you know, Scientology can go to that extent of, you know, burning anybody alive that wants to leave the cult. Yeah. But, you know, we're doing what they can through, you know, legal well, forces. Like I said, it's all speculation, but yeah. there have yeah, been stories have told that people have disappeared. I mean, yeah, I mean, you see uh, it all the time on, on, on Leah Remy's show, you know, they'll even show you the people that will go and harass, you yeah. know, the people that they're talking about, you know, it's, yeah. it's some um, pretty crazy stuff. There, there's people that uh, they say have been in prison, have disappeared, possibly even murdered. Uh, there's a lot of harassment that goes on from the Scientology church. Um, the one thing that I, that I didn't like about L. Ron Hubbard in his later years is he became like all the other cult leaders, men. And the reason why I throw this at men, because there's very few cult leader women who do that. And, and that is the sexual part of it. Mm -hmm. He yeah. always wanted to be surrounded by young teenage girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the whole initiation process. And yeah. in my book, I don't ever see a reason to want a 14, 15-year-old girl. To, I'm 47 years old. Mm -hmm. The only teenage kid I needed to be around all the time was my daughter. Mm -hmm. It's because she lived with me. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Right. But you're never going to come to my house and find 13, 14, 15-year-old girls hanging out of my house with me. Right. Well, you know, I mean, it seems, I mean, I don't want to bash anybody's religion or get into a, a you know, argument about metaphysics or anything, but. 
it seems to be like an attraction to those kind of people, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, the Catholic Church has a pretty big scandal about pedophilia. Yeah. You know, with the I'm not, to bash, not to bash Muslims, but, you know, they have a fixation with the marrying virgin. young, underage virgin women, yeah. you know, or little girls. To me, they're little girls, you know, but I mean, it just seems to sort of kind of be like just part of the, the thing that they do, you know? Yeah. Just, and, and the unfortunate part, because. Yeah. You know, I mean, I know things were different back in the days. You know, you go back a thousand years or whatever it may be when older men, it was normal for an older man to marry a young woman. Um, The fertility part of it, number one. Uh, Number two, they needed somebody who was going to be able to not outgrow them. Mm-hmm. Or, or get past them in age because they always needed somebody to take care of them mm-hmm. because back in the days you know cavemen that's the whole idea behind caveman mentality is you marry a woman who's going to take care of you and do everything for you mm-hmm. you know keep the house take care of the kids whatever it may be yeah. but the problem with that is that now we live in a different time right. and men and women are equal yeah. and so the idea that a lot of these cult leaders uh, from Jim Jones to David Koresh to uh, L. Ron Hubbard, uh, with the exception of, uh, 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 what's his name, Heaven's from Heaven's Gate. Gate. But even he had his issues with his students. He, he did. His he did. Students. I mean, not so much. And, and he, he went the opposite. Yeah, he went the right? opposite Where he way. he was just like, it's so wrong. And, you know, thinking yeah. these ways is just going to dilute my message yeah, and, to and, people who I'm trying to, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And they all seem to have that in common, you know, and, and I've never understood the idea um, of why these grown men would have these young girls other than just for sexual favors. Well, and also, I mean, Chris, come on, like, it's just this adoration. It's this worship. It's this, like, who is more idyllic than a teenage girl? Oh yeah, you and, know, and, and then there's this person, and so even and so and easily coerced into and it. So like you know, I can I imagine that that could be very intoxicating, and, and and that's where the and that's where the abuse for me comes into play because I don't think any 15 year old girl, as much as she admires a powerful man, willingly wants to get into a relationship with a grown man. Well, and then I mean. The law says they're not legally able to make that decision for themselves. But no. if their parents are highly involved in whatever that's, that's going that's on, the issue. then that's an honor. That's the issue. That's what uh, bypass it. Because yeah, I that's saw... Your, that's securing your family in a higher status in I, whatever... I don't on. remember the name of the documentary. I saw this a couple years ago. Uh, it was on L. Ron Hubbard specifically. Um, and there was a part of it where a lot of these teenage girls were basically pushed by their parents mm-hmm. because of the favors that our Ron Hubbard was able to exchange. So, oh, you need to have money or you, the dad needs a certain position in a company. Mm-hmm. The mom wants to this or that. Here's my daughter, mm-hmm. you know? Okay, well, talk to so-and-so at the business that you work at and he's going to tell you about the promotion mm-hmm. that you're now getting and, and so on and so forth. You know, and, and that's the problem with whether you want to consider it a business, a cult, a religion, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, when people are getting hurt, it, it's no longer serving its initial purpose of helping people. Because mm-hmm. you can't be helping and hurting people at the same time. It, it, it makes no sense. 
It, it isn't a balance issue where you need to hurt this the same amount of people right. as you need to to help. So there's balance. No balance Helping works. Some people, yeah, at the expense of other people. I, absolutely. Well, that's when you become the wolf in sheep's clothing because you're selling one personality, but and and that's what a lot of these guys are. A lot of these cult leaders are a wolf in sheep's clothing. They tell you what you want to hear, tell you that you're pretty, tell you that you're this, tell mm -hmm. you that you're that. I'm going to help you with this. Oh, well, don't you want your parents to yada, yada? Right. Yeah. And it's praying again, going back to what Gabe said, it's praying on vulnerabilities. Absolutely. Think about where the Church of Scientology is now. It's located in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. And people, I mean, well, yeah, now still, but people from all over the place, like when young people want to be, want to make it big in Hollywood, where yeah. is it that they go? And if you go to um, Los Angeles and you're walking around, like an like not even on every corner, they're all over. The street is yes. crawling with these people. Yes, you know, and they'll like they'll say, "Oh, you're so pretty," or "This, not here." Do you want, have you ever thought about this? Or "Oh, you're this," or "Oh, you're that." Yep. And they yep. come up to you and they have these, you know, they're they're trying to engage you in conversations. They're complimenting you. Mm -hmm. They're just telling you about all kinds of wonderful things. And here, do you want to take this personality test? Or you know, just like they're trying to see, like, what is it you're they're, wearing? They're, they're, what is it you're doing? What's absolutely. going on with you that I can offer you something that will make your life a hundred times better Absolutely. and the first step is here come to this church come to our church come take this person but they won't say church come to this come to where you know to my building and let's take this personality test and then once you're in it's almost like a timeshare presentation where Absolutely. they're not letting you leave and, and then you get into what to me is one of the more disturbing parts of it outside of what l ron hubbard was doing with these young girls the what i consider to be internment camps right where these kids are sent uh, if if the parents are both in Scientology and they have a teenage daughter who's just rebelling and doesn't want to be a part of it and and she's just feeling like she doesn't want to be, a, the, the parents will actually turn their kids over. Well, yes, Chris, because obviously turn them over. mental like, blocks. Like my job as a freaking dad, all I cared about my entire life is to protect my children yeah. from everybody. But that's the mm -hmm. art of installing fear in these people. You know? And, 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 and it's sad mm -hmm. because... I've read stories about how these kids were sent to these camps or these orphans were sent to these camps and they were tortured, mm -hmm. beat, starved. It's breaking their will. Absolutely. It's like a horse. This is this is stuff that they do to grown men and women in the military, mm -hmm. you know, who who are being, you know, built to serve a better purpose for our country, or well, according to the government anyways, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're doing that to these Kids, kids right. who don't know any better, who right. are going to believe and trust anything you say. And if you join the military, you're signing up to do that. These kids Absolutely. Not sign up to no, that. they're being turned over. There's family members in Scientology who haven't spoken to their yeah. other family members, whoever they may be, mm -hmm. for years and years. Right. There's family, in like, like uh, uh, immediate family members who've been torn apart. Mm -hmm. Where because I think they label them like SP, like suspicious person or whatever. It yes, is, and they're not allowed no, they're, to. They label them enemies of the organization. Yeah, and they're not able to. Yes, there's there's you know moms and dads who are Scientologists, but their kids haven't seen them in five or six years. Yeah, because they're not allowed to associate with each other. Right, and so you think about like all these kids that are being turned over, and they're in this place, and they're being like brainwashed essentially, and so then like they grow up. This is their way of thought. This is so when they marry and have children. 
okay, it's just going to make sense that this is the way we're doing it, right? Absolutely. Like, because anything can be normalized. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Anything can be normalized. And, and, and it's just like what we're dealing with this COVID thing. We've gotten to a point where it's been over a year that we've dealt with this. So wearing masks, normal. normal. Mm -hmm. Not getting next to somebody you think could potentially normal. be sick, that's normal. Yeah, not blowing out the candles on your birthday cake. Normal. normal. Yeah. Hearing a person sneeze or cough in public freaks people out. Yeah, you're just like, instead of the normal, bless you, now it's just like... Oh, now people know. are like, well, does that person have COVID? Yeah. Well, that's the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And and so anything can be normalized. So these kids are introduced to this world mm -hmm. at these, what I consider to be internment camps. Yes. Oh, and, and then, you know, another thing I was going to mention too is like, so all, so all these kids that are coming to LA to make it big, the, um, like those magazines and newspapers that have like the audition you know, things like it'll be the address will be the church of Scientology. And so then they'll go in and they'll get a presentation on Scientology and then they'll be like, wait a minute, why am I here? I signed up because I thought I was auditioning for this role and this, this, and this. And they say, no, 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 because we have connections. You know, who's a Scientologist, right? Tom Cruise is a famous Scientologist and this and that and the other. And so like, that's another way that they get these young people to come in and then, mm -hmm. you know, but like, so the more that you're there, the more that you stay, you never know who might be coming through our doors. Don't you want to be here when they're here? And so it's, it's just like this. Absolutely. Point. You know, if, if I was 18 years old and I was living in LA and the head of the Scientology church told me, you know, the lead singer of Guns N' Roses is going to be here today. Yeah. Don't you want to meet him? Hell yeah. Right. That's yeah. Guns N' Roses. And more importantly, I know he wants to meet you. Because now uh, you're special. If, if I can get him to meet you, get you an autograph, yeah. you know, are you willing to stay for a couple hours to hear what we have to say? You're <laughs> is, a is the sky blue? To do it. <laughs> Does yeah. poop stink? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. And, of course. And, and and don't even tell me, like, that the Dodgers are going to be there because I'd sell myself to Scientology <laughs> right now. <laughs> if they told me that yeah, Kershaw, no. Mookie Betts, and all these guys are Scientologists, I'm like, where do I sign up? Yeah, done deal. <laughs> Take all my money. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like it, that that coercion and and that you know the shiny coin. Yes, that's yeah. what it is. Don't you want this shiny coin? Yeah, of course. Who doesn't? Exactly. You know, and and it just it seems fun and exciting, and then you get into you know what we were talking about earlier. Once you dig your hole, you keep digging. You get so far that you you're finally looking up and it's like i don't see the i don't see right. light no more yeah how far did i you're dig so far in. but you're so far in you're like now i gotta keep doing this yeah or, you're so or, far in you're like i'm almost there and it's just gonna be a, it's so much longer to get yes. out or god forbid they make you one of the people who tortures other people oh, yeah. now you're legally binded to them because now you've got secrets mm -hmm. yep. now you committed crimes yes yeah. yeah exactly and if i go down you're going down yeah we're all going down you know, that's the crazy thing about this religion, business, cult, so whatever many you want to call layers it. Of crazy. That's that's the reason why I wanted to do something that was just separate on this yeah. because there's so much going on with it, and, and it's such a current and relevant topic, yeah. cult-wise, mm -hmm. um, because of what is going on with mm -hmm. them. You know what I mean? And because of the people who are in it, and the people who are speaking out against it. Like Leah Remini. Uh, for a lot of people who don't know who Leah Remini is, she's an actress. A lot of people will probably remember her from two uh, pretty famous roles she played. She was a beach like manager in uh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, 
when uh, the Saved by the Bell people had got a little bit older and yeah, they used yeah. to, they had got the summer job working at this hotel on the I beach. She that. was like Zach's right. uh, uh, love interest. Yeah. Uh, and then her most famous role to date. Uh, is when she played the wife of Cameron James on King of Queens. That's right. Yeah, that's the one I remember. That's right. When right. when she was actually involved in Scientology at that time, when she was involved. making that show, you know. Well, actually, she grew up in Scientology. Well, yeah, she did. She did, but um. But she was a big time Scientologist in the middle of that. Yes. Yeah. And so then she, over time, something just clicked in her head, and she started feeling like something's up. Like I. I don't know what it is, but something just doesn't seem right. Yeah, she asked a well, question. Well, she, she about actually, I'm oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but she was, I was actually listening to her uh, interview with Joe Rogan, and she said that it was actually a period of like three years that just made it like one clicked right after the other of it. You know, something's not right. I can't do this anymore. I got to get out. Um, and one of the big things was she was actually really close friends with David Miscavige's wife mm -hmm. when she just disappeared out of nowhere. Oh, I was going to get to that. <laughs> she just disappeared out of She's nowhere. Like, Leah Susan? was the one that was like, uh, <laughs> where is she? Where is she? You know, what's going on? And they right away shut her down. They're like, you don't have any authorization to be asking that. You have no right to be asking that. If you keep asking that, we're going to have to like audit you and, you know, yeah. do all kinds of stuff. And um, so that was one of the big uh, red flags for her um, on top of other stuff, you know, um, she said that one of the big things was, you know, when she got to the OT3 or that certain level and, you know, she finally found out, you know, what's what's going to be the next chapter. And, you know, when she started learning about, you know, the whole aliens and, you know, 70 billion years, a trillion years or something like that. That's when she was like, you know, what the F is this? <laughs> like, what am I, what am I like, you know, what am I doing here? Like, what is this? She said that's when it really hit her that, you know, this is, this is just stupid and they're making stuff up. You know, she couldn't be a part of it anymore. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, because they believe that extraterrestrial beings actually brought people from another planet here. And so there's this 70 uh, billion year thing that they got in well, Scientology. When you sign up, that's what you're signing up for is 70 billion years. So yes. That's on your it's a billion year contract. It's a billion, billion year contract. Is it a 70 billion? I thought it was yeah. a billion year contract. I, I don't know. It, I want to say 70 cents a million. Either way, way, it's still extreme. I mean, yeah. A billion years. I mean, number one, I'm lucky if I'll live to be 50. But see, that's the thing, though. That's the thing about Dianetics, and that's the thing about Scientology and their stance on all of it is that you can. You know, these different levels that you will be progressing, if you pay enough money, if you are audited enough times, if you are following correctly then you will you will supersede death you will super you will live mm -hmm. these very long lives no, that, so that's why and that's where it becomes a cult but the thing is that they scientology really is interesting because they borrow from a lot of different religions and they just take so much you know they they borrow from hinduism of reincarnation you know they borrow yeah, they from do believe Buddhism in and stuff like that and they add a lot of mostly like eastern you know um type of beliefs and they add you know their own you know, form of like science mixed into the mix. Well, so they really Hubbard, just make a lot of something out of a, out of what was already there, you know. And they say it on their page too, like we, you know, openly admit, you know, we derive from a lot of yeah, different they're, religions. They're pretty transparent. I yeah. mean, I'll give them that. They're they're pretty transparent. Um, it's one of those things where we're not going to tell you what you're in for, but we're going to give you an idea. And if you still want to get into it, then it's your fault. Right. Like Alan you know? Hubbard was a science fiction author. Yeah, he, at yeah. One he time, actually was. He, um, he, was, he wrote um, under 15 different pen names. 
Yeah. So he, you know, like he had like different authors and like one, mm-hmm. he could make a magazine himself. Absolutely. And so some of the science fiction that he wrote is actually what Scientology is based on. Absolutely. Um, so I want to backtrack a little bit because that whole part of what happened with Moscovich and his wife is one of the more interesting things and what kind of blew the lid off of and made it such a, a, a nationally, uh, a, a national story because yeah, papers wrote about it and people talked about it, but it wasn't one of those things where, well, we can't trust these people, mm-hmm. you know, at least not the, the normal average everyday person who didn't care about stuff like that. But once his wife went missing, it became a national incident mm-hmm. because where's your wife? Hey, there's a missing person here. There's a missing person. And, Oh, well she's, on vacation over here at this place mm-hmm. right now, or she's over here like, or she's training to go to this next level. Yeah. Um, n- for years, nobody saw or knew anything about her, where she was or anything mm-hmm. to the point where people just thought she was dead. Like she has to be dead. Mm-hmm. There's no way she could be alive because we haven't seen her in public mm-hmm. in a very long time. On top of that, Moscovich took a mistress at this at that time he yeah. there was this, a whole scandal about him being with another woman mm-hmm. so did he make his wife disappear so that he could have this other woman like that's when you know it starts to become like a big thing right. and and like you guys said that's where Leah Romini all of a sudden is like well because her and that girl were, were best friends mm-hmm. and it's like well what the heck like how does somebody just all of a sudden doesn't show up because one thing about him is before she went missing she was by his side and every picture you ever saw of them she was there or she was by the podium she was standing behind him she was always somewhere near him mm-hmm. all of a sudden she's gone missing what happened to her mm-hmm. where did she go it was rumored that she was being held prisoner in one of these little internment camps and one of the little places that they that they hold people uh, prisoner in mm-hmm. uh, like i said that she was murdered or, or he had her murdered so that he could have another woman, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it may be. He denies everything, of course. Uh, it's They're just, you know, all false, you know, claims by people who want to take him down, who want to, you know, yeah. uh, uh, make him look bad to the media, mm-hmm. who want to make Scientology look bad. Enemies of Scientology and something. Yeah. Enemies of the Scientology religion mm-hmm. and Scientology in general. You know, but... It just it's 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 just really interesting how this can have so many open ended questions. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And usually open ended questions are a good thing, no? Mm-hmm. Like your kids want to know certain things and you may not want to share it with them, but they have so many questions, they right. keep asking and asking and asking. You keep trying to answer. Mm-hmm. Um But in the real world if somebody's wife is missing and like everybody knows that person is missing, there's at least some kind of investigation that happens. <laughs> That's know? a thing. And like nothing. Nothing. Well, there there was um, that point where Leo Remini um, decided she wasn't just going to sit back and not know what happened to her. So she filed a police report and turned it into the um, local police department. And supposedly they say that they went to go do an investigation and that they actually talked to her and that she was fine and they closed the they closed the case. Mm. She never heard from her. She never talked to her directly. She just had to go based off of what the police said. That's so crazy. Yeah. I mean, the police just said, don't bother. Don't worry about it anymore. She's fine. 
Yeah. But, and I mean, who really knows what happened or no, what's I mean, going on? And, and, and I am not trying to knock our police officers in any way, shape, or form because... I'm an advocate of police. I think we need police. I know there's a lot of th crazy things going on with the police right now, and I don't want to get into that mm -hmm. so much. But we all know because of recent history, police are corruptible. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and, and not because they hold a shield. It isn't their position that makes them corruptible. It's the human part of them that makes them corruptible. Mm -hmm. That's what makes anybody corruptible mm -hmm. is that humanity in them. And their and people's ability to nature. yes, because everybody has a dark side. Yeah, even the nicest person in the world has yeah. a dark side. Mm -hmm. Doesn't always come out, but it can, mm -hmm. you know. And so it just and and I mean even to even t today, it's still a mystery what happened to all these people that have gone missing. Nobody really knows. Nobody they've never found bodies. Right. And they've never they haven't been charged with anything. They've never been charged with anything. People. There's a ton of missing persons reports that have been filed. Mm -hmm. Um but nobody really knows yeah. what's happened. And and it's just it's crazy. Although there was, and I would have to look it up, I don't remember it offhand. There was one camp where the kids or certain kids like escaped from the camp and went to the police. They opened up an investigation on that camp. And they they did find that there was people, adults there, mm. who were torturing and abusing children. I don't remember which camp it is. I would have to look it up, but I remember seeing that in a documentary one time. Um, it was a it was some like girl who didn't really have like a family. They were trying to make her feel like that was her family. She never felt comfortable. She eventually said, "This just isn't for me." You know, took off in the middle of the night when nobody's looking. Went and told the police, hey, there's this place. And this is what they're doing. And so uh, what ended up happening is I think they brought uh, a couple people up on charges. The charges were filed, but the they were never convicted. The case is still ongoing. Mm -hmm. You know? So it's things like that. And what happened to uh, his wife, you know, all the other speculation stories that, Adds to the myth and the mystery of is Scientology really a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Can I trust them? What are they really, really up to? Right. You know what I mean? Because if you're people like me and Gabe and you and, and Raquel and, and Jennifer who we love to question things. Yeah. We would have problems. We'd, we'd we would have problems. We'd live in the punishment camp. <laughs> yes. But when you or leave it up to... disappeared. <laughs> yes. But when you leave it up to those yeah. people who are easily coerced. Yeah. Who take everybody at their word. Right. Unfortunately, you know, there's more or people... the people who you can dangle a carrot in front of and they'll take it and do yes. whatever in exchange, too. Absolutely. Know? You know, and... Those aren't the dangerous people, but they are in a sense because they bite so easily. Yeah. And they help build what Scientology has become today. Yeah. Exactly. And like Gabe said, it's still in its infancy. Mm -hmm. It hasn't been around for that long. Mm -hmm. It's been around since the 50s, literature-wise. Mm -hmm. But actual Church of Scientology wasn't started until yeah. the late 50s. Right. 
So it hasn't been around a long so time. Like, as far as a religion is concerned, it's it's, it's it, new. Oh, it's, it's very new. But it's very very new. Has, it's already it's outrun it's, its Well, term. as a cult, it's just and barely branching out. I would it's think it's actually one of the longest, what they consider to yeah. be longest running cults. Cult, yeah, even longer than all the other ones we talked yeah. about last week because those had a very uh, a quick and and an abrupt start ending and a marked end. Absolutely, that's what makes Scientology is so different is that it's not just you know a one stop type of deal. It's it it's seems to actually be growing at least a little bit. You know, yeah. I mean, well, I think it's harder for them to get members now because you can Google you definitely can nowadays. You know, yeah. yeah, definitely. There's podcasts. There's, there's yeah, they, there's documentaries. Yeah. So I mean, Leo Remerly really did damage to them. A but, lot know, of damage. A lot a of, ton damage, of damage, but not enough to take them down completely. No, it's not yet. No, you know? I I think unfortunately that. Monetarily, they've built themselves up so well. That they're not going to. It's going to be really hard to take yeah. them down. You, you're going to have to set up such a, 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 an investigation that infiltrates extensively. Right. Well, because they single-handedly orchestrated this, um, the biggest, like I forget what it's called, of the FBI. The FBI wanted to open up an investigation. Mm-hmm. It might have been on on Miss. Uh, I think her name was Susan Miscavige, but. Or it could have even, no, it was before that. But what they did was then, at that point, when FBI came and asking questions, they um, they issued this, like, multi, like, so hundreds of lawsuits. Uh, just, like, so many members, random members of the Church of Scientology issued lawsuits on the FBI, not founded in anything, not backed by anything, no evidence to anything, but they, again, have the lawyers that can start this, start these proceedings so then the fbi what they did was basically they bogged them down there was all there was lawsuits coming from every direction and so they had to attend to those well now meanwhile there's nobody left to do the investigation to find evidence yeah. to do anything to go further with whatever they, it was that they, they were basically about. flooded the gates exactly and so then that you know the fbi backed down the fbi Back yeah, down. which and, if you think about it, it's just crazy because it's the FBI. Yes, the FBI. Down, you know? No, if, no, you're absolutely if right. You're talking about the FBI. You're talking about the the FBI who took down guys like Al Capone. Yes, you know what I mean. And talk about a system that was built on corruption. Yeah, and and even then. Even then, they never really got Al Capone for anything serious. They put him in prison on tax evasion. Exactly. Yeah. See, yeah. yeah. That's that's what they really had to do at the end of the day to get the guy put in prison. Mm-hmm. Is they got him because he didn't cool. pay no taxes. Right. He was making. How could you be making this much money? But the government hasn't seen any. Mm-hmm. But they never really got him for murder. They never really got him for the uh, uh, racketeering, for the laundering. They never got him for uh, for uh, prostitution. Mm-hmm. You know, for a lot of those things, and and I mean, and the, this the FBI. These these are the guys that are known that if you need the government to step in and take over something, that's it's who these the guys FBI, are. Right. You know what I mean? But I think it's like I said earlier. It's, I think it's built up to the point where if you take one guy down or two guys down, the rest of the group will figure out a way to kind of be like. Let's just make sure we pin mm-hmm. it all on them. Yes, like a scapegoat. I think that's... They'll be our also, scapegoat. Right. And there's just like... I think I saw like in the... Um, like drug dealers will find somebody to pin it on. Like they'll find a lesser person. Yeah. Maybe they'll say, okay, you know what? Your family's taken care of, but you're going down for this. Mm-hmm. And 
So then, I mean, Scientology, I don't think they offer them that, you know, it's just like, you're going down for this and like, yeah. it is what it is. And so, it you what know, it is. like that's, you know, the sacrificial lambs here and there will have to, you know, they'll, they'll willingly go in so that there is no, there's settlements, you know, settlements will happen and then we'll move on. But yeah, so it's, it's, it would really be hard, like I said, to take these people down they would have to it's one of those things where if the the fbi it would take them years and years mm -hmm. to get the right amount of people in there uh infiltrating mm -hmm. uh uh you know recordings uh pictures whatever they need to do and and even have undercover agents get to the point where they reach these levels in scientology yeah. that other people, yeah, mm -hmm. uh, want to achieve, uh, and they would have to achieve these levels to be able to get up so high, yeah. but that could take years. Yeah. They're not years just going to... And millions of dollars. Yeah, they're not just going to let Anything. some guy walking off the street, and then the next day, the guy's speaking for the group. Yeah. Yeah, it's not going to happen. It's, it's not going to happen, you know, overnight. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know, and, and I'm hoping one day we find out the truth on everything. I really do because nothing's worse than being in a dark room and not knowing which way to go. Right. You yeah. know, being in darkness and having questions about why will eat you alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? So for the most part, people have moved on with their lives and they've just let Scientology do their thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, where they have calmed down a lot when it comes to being in the news for uh, things like uh, uh, disappearing people and yada yada. Mm -hmm. But the problem is that it's still happening. But because of the fact that they can't prove anything, yeah. it's all based on speculation. You know, they continue to do what they're doing. Right. They continue to recruit these young kids and these mm -hmm. people who are vulnerable and who don't know any better or who are looking for something and they think that they find it in Scientology. Yeah. You know what I mean? They look on the website and, and like Gabe said, I would know better, but they are almost that convincing. Yeah, those commercials. And like it, it really, it really, it's scary to think, you know. I mean, you'd think you'd have a hold on yourself and you'd be able to withstand something like that. But, you know, I mean, I, I used to think, you know, it'd be pretty hard to fool me. But even knowing their background and then just being in the vulnerable state that I'm currently in right now and seeing those videos... And those videos actually making me feel like inspired and be yeah. like, wow, that is something that, that sounds awesome that I might even be able to join and, and be happy with, mm -hmm. you know, like it could change my life. It, it literally makes you feel that way. And that it scared does. the hell out of me to think like, wow, I'd be sucked into something like this, even though I, you know, one, it would be one thing to be, I don't know anything about Scientology, but still to know about Scientology and still and feel like still I want to do it. Like, yeah, like that's pretty powerful. Good. That's yeah. pretty powerful. Well, like I said, Scientology, you recruit the Dodgers, I'm yours. Because <laughs> 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 yeah. hey, they, 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 they might do it. They might yeah. do it. Yeah. Right? There's going to be some Scientologists out there listening to <laughs> our podcast oh, God, no. and they're like, okay. Yeah. These That's people are, we're on to something. I think if we can get him, yeah. the whole group will join. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I really doubt that my beloved Dodgers will become Scientologists, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? Uh, you know, I hope it doesn't happen because uh, I would hate for Kershaw to stop being a Dodger. Yeah. I want him to retire in blue yeah. because we love our Dodgers. All right, folks. So that's all we got to say about that. Scientology, as well as all the other cults. At the end of the day... 
I guess it really comes down to not so much being smart and what you do, but being careful. You always have to remember one thing, folks. Nobody's ever going to take care of you the way you will take care of you. Not even your parents, not your kids, nobody. As much as your family and, and, and everybody around you that love you, you got to look out for you. So in everything you do in life, take everything with a grain of salt. Anything anybody tells you, tries to convince you of, folks, because you don't ever want to be in a position where you get stuck and don't know what to do and have no help to get out of it. Those are not easy situations. But the good news is, even if you do, there is help. Even if you called my show and said, you know what? I'm in a situation I don't know what to do. What can you do? I may be a nobody to the rest of the world, but I know myself, if I was in a position where I could help somebody, I would do that. Because that's just who I am. So... Thank you guys once again for listening. We really appreciate you guys. We're almost at 500 listens, folks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. We're almost at 500 listens. We haven't expanded into any more uh, uh, countries around the world. We're still at the same number as we are before. The numbers have gone up. I think Mm -hmm. Mexico is like at 11% now. Oh, cool. Yeah. And, of course, good old U.S. of A, our number one listener still. Uh, The one interesting thing, though, is that... uh, Because, like I said, everything's based on analytics. Mm -hmm. And so, for a long, long time, the majority of our listeners were men. Uh, Probably like 73%. Interesting. Yeah. Um, It's still right around there. Mm -hmm. But the percent of women has gone up. Oh. About 2 or 3%. So, we're actually having more women listening to the show now than we ever did before. Um. I don't know if it's my sweet and charming voice yeah. or if it's the fact that I got three strong women who helped me do this show. Or maybe it's the fact that they love that I talk about my wife and how much she helps and, me out. Yeah. Maybe. And I don't know. She is. But I all I want to know is, all I want to say is thank you very much, folks, for listening, for helping our numbers and for continuing to listen to us, even when we don't put a show out every week, sometimes it's hard. We got families. We got things we do. We all work. We do the best we can to put out a show every week. Um, you know, we try to get as many people uh, uh, guest starring on the show, calling in, doing what we can. Um, but now is the favorite time for me. I love this part of the show. Story time. I yes, story time. <laughs> I love story time. I love I love hearing the stories you guys have to tell about things that happen to you, whether it's a short story, a long story, whatever it may be. Um because I love ta- talking about the topics we talk about. We've talked mm-hmm. about our favorite scary movies, what got us into horror, talked about cults, we've talked about uh myths and legends, we've UFOs. talked about UFOs, yeah. we've talked about how uh, people actually believe that Sasquatch is an alien. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah I remember that. That's right. But to me, there's nothing more fun than personal experiences. Yeah. Things people actually saw, did, heard, felt mm-hmm. that changed them in a way. Well, you know what my favorite one is? The one that really gets me? Um, I don't know if it was yours or Raquel's. The one about the little kids near the bedroom? That's hers. Yeah, that's yours, right? Yeah. That one. That's the creepy that one, one. I was like, Okay, now I don't want to be alone. <laughs> oh, yeah. No. And, and that one's extra creepy because I don't know if I've shared this before about the little boy uh, in the apartment I used to live in when I was living in Thermal still with my ex-wife. 
I don't no, know if I've talked about no, that yet. So. No. But if I haven't, you know what? I didn't have a story tonight, but I'm going to tell that story. Okay. Then if I haven't already told it, if I did, you guys are going to hear it again. Yeah, one more time. But uh, it, it, it involves little kids. Yeah. So, but anyways, so the guest of the day is Gabe, and we're going to go ahead and let him tell his story first. So what's up, Gabe? What's got you? All right, I can't promise it's the greatest story in the world, but it's a decent story. Um, so when I was a little kid, I used to live with my grandparents, and we used to live in Thermal on a ranch. Um, they used to... Already scary. Thermal. Best, <laughs> scary stories. Um, uh, a thermal on a ranch, it gets better. Uh, we used to live right next to an Indian reservation. Mm-hmm. Um, they were pretty decent people. I, we didn't mind them. Mm-hmm. But um, that my dad had actually built the house inside the ranch. Um, so, you know, it was a brand new house just for us. Um, well, for my grandparents. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it there's a kitchen and then there's the living room. And then way back on the other side is my bedroom my brother's bedroom and you know a little hallway with the bathroom mm-hmm. um and at the time my dad had just divorced from his second wife i think it was um and so we were you know uh he was i was living with him at the time mm-hmm. uh living with my grandparents mm-hmm. um and he was he actually was going to school in la so he was gone for most of the week while i stayed you know with my grandparents most of the week mm-hmm. so i um would sleep in the room by myself and you know it was my dad's bed and right next to it against the wall was my futon that i would sleep on mm-hmm. um so it was you know late at night i was going to sleep i was trying to fall asleep you know i was facing the wall like on the futon i was you know dozing off i was ready to knock out when i started hearing this deep breathing but it was like soft breathing right next to me right next to my ear oh. and so i was like at first, I thought it was me breathing, hearing myself breathe, and I was like, that's kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed that, you know, the breathing wasn't matching up to my breathing because I started holding my breath, right. and the breath was still there. So I got a little freaked out, and I didn't move. I mean, I was only, like, eight at the time, so mm-hmm. I just stayed still, you know? And, like, out of nowhere, it just went, like, it just did, it took a really deep sigh, and it let it out slowly, and I can just hear mm. it right next to my oh ear. My and so I was I, like... I, I, can feel, I can feel the hair on the back of my neck standing up right now. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, okay... Now I gotta turn around because there's definitely something you in the room. You turned around? I turned around. Oh nobody was there. So I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe it might be my brothers. Mm-hmm. I got up out of bed. I went into the hallway. I went into the room right next to me. They were knocked out. I went back into the living room. Um, in the living room was actually my grandparents' room. You know, I checked on them. They were knocked out. So I was like, I don't know what that was. That was weird, but I'm just going to shrug it off, pretend like everything's cool, and try to go to bed. Right. So I went to bed. And I woke up the next morning. You know, everybody was getting ready. It was breakfast time. This is where it gets weirder. Wow. So my grandma's like, so what happened last night, guys? And she was talking to my grandpa and my older brother. And well, they said, well, it was weird. We heard people running outside. So we didn't know what to do. So we got up and we looked around the windows. We didn't see anybody running. You know, we were looking outside the windows. We heard running. I don't know where it stopped. Then out of nowhere, because right outside was a purple gate that, you know, we had locked up. Out of nowhere, they heard, said that they heard the gate shaking like if somebody was trying to jump oh, the gate. Wow. Yeah. So they walked outside. Nobody by the gate. Nobody in the driveway. You know, they looked outside, you know, right before, because the, the, the farm was like date trees. Yeah. You know, and it was pretty dark, but, you know, there was like a you know flat road and stuff. They didn't see anything. They didn't hear nothing. I mean, after, after they heard the gate shake, everything was quiet again. So they didn't know what to do. They just went back inside, locked the doors, went back to sleep. Wow. So that was weird. It was definitely a weird night for everybody. Oh, my but, um, gosh. Yeah, that was my little short story. 
Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's going to be interesting or not. Here it comes. That's creepy. That's good stuff right there. That, yeah. That's not just uh, 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 what people consider to be a haunting. That's an intelligent haunting. That's yeah. touching things, making things and move. And shared experience, too. You know what I mean? Just Almost poltergeist-like. Yeah, yeah. The weird because thing is... I don't know. Nothing like that exactly happened again. I mean, there was some weird stuff, but you know, nothing very interesting. I don't think it was very interesting. But yeah, well, we have a different, a different <laughs> yeah. uh, version of interesting yeah. because I thought that was pretty damn interesting. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, that makes me want to go to a house like that and see if I can't like capture something on film. You right? know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you know, and then the whole aspect of something you can hear something breathing next to you. Yeah, right next to my ear. It just felt weird, you know. But the thing is, I couldn't feel it, but I could just hear it, like, right next to me. Yeah. So fascinating, because something must have happened that night that triggered it. Who knows? Who knows? And then it just, like, didn't happen to that extent again. Right? Not, not to that extent. Like I said, there was some crazy. stuff, but they weren't as exciting as that. Yeah. So. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's a trip. Good story. That is a great story. Really good. Thank good first-time story. Yeah. Congratulations, right. Gabe. Thank you, guys. You made the cut. It takes yeah. a lot to impress Chris. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> well, because I grew up in the Linda Flora yeah, house. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> all right, Juanita, what do you got for us today? Okay. Well, um, so I guess the theme is going to be, like, things waking you up in the middle of the night. Um, this is not my story. This is my sister's story. So my sister, um, but I remember... Um, She's several years older than me, and because I'm the youngest, and I remember going to spend the night at her apartment. Um, and her apartment is here in Indio, um, and it's like um, it's the apartments next to Sherman or what used to be Sherman's like. I think it's now not Sherman's like. It's like the little ranch market. Anyway, there's lots of little like single one bedroom apartments, and mm -hmm. they kind of just kind of go around like in a little courtyard. Mm -hmm. um, and her apartment was. Oh, I don't Are you talking about the Shadow Palms? I don't know. They don't even have a name. They're just... Um, okay, that's creepy. <laughs> they're just little old apartments. They were old when she lived there, and that was like a long time ago. Wow. Um, oh. So I remember when um, I would go to visit her, she would tell me about the the ghost that would um, that was there. And so she had said that at about... I know where. Okay. Yeah. Three o'clock in the morning, she would get a gentle nudge, like on her shoulder, um, just kind of like waking her up. You know, and she would like, until she woke up and got up and then it was done and that was it. And then she would go back to bed. Not a big deal. However, her friends that lived a couple doors down, um, they had what I guess you would now call sleep paralysis is they would, they felt like something was holding them down. Same time at three o'clock in the morning, something was holding them down on the bed and they were awake, and they couldn't move, and they couldn't get up. And they were, for them, it was a terrifying experience. And so I guess, like, mm. one night, they were drinking beers and talking about, like, hey, these apartments, like, so what happened here? Something must have happened, because this is, like, yeah. you know, my sister's like, this is, like, something weird happens at 3 o'clock in the morning. And they were like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's scary, right? And she's like, no, it's like, you know, something's just waking me up. I don't know. I think it's kind of cute. And they're like, no, it's scary. This okay. is happened to us. <laughs> right. And so um, they never knew what happened. My sister feels like um, something may have happened at about that time. And it's kind of like a residual haunting where like mm -hmm. something is trying to wake her up to get up because yeah. maybe there was a fire, maybe something, who knows, somebody died, something, you know, they were never really sure what happened. But for yeah. them, it was like this, something was holding them down, like almost trying to keep them there. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that's my story. Wow. Um, first off, 
uh, your sister is now invited to the show because anybody thinks that's cute. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what that's I took away from that story. Something's nudging you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Wake up, wake up. She didn't say cute. She's like, they were a nice ghost. They were nice to me. They were like, you know, watching. <laughs> so now we know where Casper lives, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a very interesting story. What's interesting about your guys' stories, um, because they have one thing in common, and that is one incident that happened that affected an entire household. Yeah. yeah. That I mean, because we've we've talked about this many times and, and so on, and that is the whole uh um uh, uh, the whole group thing where you know if one person is feeling it, they're psychotic whatever yeah. breakdown can cause everybody else to feel it you know i'm not a big advocate of that mm -hmm. uh, i forgot what it's called there's a name for it um mass hysteria mass hysteria mm -hmm. i'm not a big mass hysteria guy um because i i, I want to believe that people are smart enough to know that if they're seeing something that they're really seeing that mm -hmm. and just because the guy behind me sees it too then i'm not causing him to see it yeah 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 that my mind isn't so strong on making somebody else see right. something that isn't there if it's mm -hmm. not really there, you know? But but the fact that you guys have that in common in your stories, both great stories. Thank you guys very much for sharing. But the fact that it affected an entire household because Gabe, in his story, he had somebody breathing next to his ear, whereas somebody was experiencing something else, uh, hearing people, you know, scattered foot outside the, their house, uh, messing with the gate and whatnot. Yeah. And then same thing with you. Mm -hmm. Your sister has uh, Casper, you know, nudging her arm mm -hmm. while other people are feeling sleep paralysis right. and something holding them in place yeah. uh, while they feel like they're awake. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's a trip when you get those kinds of uh, incidents. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to say one thing about the mass hysteria. Sometimes I kind of agree with what you're saying and I totally get it. But um, when I was in high school, I took a psychology class. It was a beginner psychology class. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was like, I want to be a psychologist one day. So I started doing my own high school experiments. Yeah. Those and, are called social experiments. Yeah, yeah, like social experiments with people. And one thing that I wanted to see was how far are people willing to go just to believe in something? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I would tell people things that were obvious lies. Like, look at me. I obviously look like a nerd and a loser, right? <laughs> I mean, come on. I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, come on, you know. But I told people, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm in the mafia. And there's there's a local mafia here, and I'm part of it. And, um, you know, it's actually the, the school is infiltrated by people in the mafia. And you'd be amazed at how quickly people just wanted to believe random stuff. That they would just buy into it. My own wife bought into it for years. And we had actually, she had actually, we like brought it up like, hey, Gabe, like a couple of years ago. She's like, hey, Gabe, like, remember you were in the mafia? How did you get out of the mafia? <laughs> and I'm like, you actually believe I was in the mafia? <laughs> like, look at me. Look at what kind of person I was. Well, I mean, you know? <laughs> in their defense, if you've ever seen The Sopranos, those guys don't look any different yeah, than you do. Yeah, I mean, I get that. But, also, you know, it would be like genius if you get somebody that looks like Gabe to be in the mafia because who would suspect that he was in the mafia? Yeah, exactly. You know, that's what I would tell people, but people would just buy into it. And I've even convinced teachers, like, you know, like your own coworkers are secretly in the mafia and they're secretly doing shit they're not supposed to. And some teachers would be like you're stupid 
you know, they won't believe it. But there was a couple of teachers that were like, really? Like, that's crazy. You know, like, I believe it because this school is corrupt and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, oh. yeah. I'm like, well, bro, well, I didn't you know that. No, yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense <laughs> because you will always have those people who believe the conspiracy theories. Exactly. And, yeah. and no matter, even if you show them the proof of something, they're still going to say, oh, no, well, you're involved with them. That's why you're trying to prove this wrong right. to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I'm not 100% against mass hysteria. It's probably like a 80-20 with me because I do believe that some people can be coerced that easily. Yeah, because, I mean, if, if you tell somebody like, oh, there's a rattlesnake in the room right now, you know, their, their instinct is to believe you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I, if you tell somebody like, there's the some thing. weird shit in the, in the, or sorry, I didn't mean to cuss. There's some weird stuff going on in this house right now. Like there's some kind of ghost. That, that's the You know, the some thing. people might yeah. be willing to believe it and be like, oh, really? Like, wow. Like, oh, you know, people, now I got to be careful. People at their core always want to believe that everybody's good. Mm-hmm. They, they want to believe that what you're telling them is the truth. Mm-hmm. Unless you've shown them otherwise over a, a certain amount of years that you are a liar or dishonest whatever mm-hmm. you know anything you tell them at, at a certain point is just going to be even if it is the truth even if it is the truth you know it's mm-hmm. it's it's a, a crying wolf right yeah you know yeah. uh but people do tend to want to believe you especially if they like you you're charismatic you right, know it as, lends back to what we were talking about with the cult thing and these cult leaders yeah. you know that charisma and that wanting to believe and stuff like that and at our core we want to make a connection so yes if you're absolutely saying everybody wants to make a connection yeah so if you're you know, telling me about something even if i've never heard of it never seen it and i don't even know but i'm gonna like want to like yeah. yeah 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 you know i'm gonna yeah. want to like connect with it on some that's level. true um but I mean, I get what you're saying, you know, yeah. like, you, you don't think that, you know, that, you know, you'd be so easily coerced and, you know, probably not. Like, not a lot of people are easily coerced, but, you know, if you're in a situation where you're not suspecting something is up, you know. No, absolutely. It, it and then absolutely. Also, into it. Chris, FOMO, fear of missing out. Like, if somebody says that there's like, you know, they're seeing like shooting stars. Did you see that comment? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, want to like, be in on the action. Yeah, you want to be in a on A guy it. like me, the only time FOMO worked... <laughs> Was when I was in my 20s, and that guy's like, oh, did you see that girl that just passed by? <laughs> oh, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Don't want to miss out on that. <laughs> Sorry, love. I, that was before I met that you. That was in your 20s. Okay. Yeah. Um, but in your guys' instances, though, where, of course, you can't dispel mass hysteria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that just, your stories are so interesting because of that fact, because multiple people were able to experience something that that to me is what makes it more of a believable and real story right and then that that in gabe's case they were experiencing well and mine too they're experiencing like two completely different two completely things. different things at two different absolutely parts of life. yeah you know now could gabe be making this stuff up just to <laughs> be on the show and have a good time and make us laugh <laughs> absolutely what? Yeah, i'm still in the be. mafia yes <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I he was never going to convince me of that I, one because I, I know the kid since he was born. <laughs> no, I even told some really obvious lies, but people believe. Like once when I was hanging out with my friends, and you know, we were at a park in India, um, and I, you know, I was like, you know what, like I want to say something that's obviously not true, and I'm going to see if this is the night that they say Gabriel full of crap, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, a truck drove by, you know, and I noticed um, it, it drove by and. Um, I noticed that it was driving towards what was going to be a dead end. So I knew it was going to turn on and come back. And so I was like, look, guys, um, I recognize that truck. That's one of the rival gangs. And I know that in a bit they're going to turn around right now and they're going to follow us and chase us. 
And so they were like, no way. And I was like, look. And obviously the truck hit the dead end, turned around yeah. and came back. They're like, oh my God. I'm like, we got to run like right now, guys. So I made them run all the way to CVS in India. <laughs> I told them, stay inside CVS. Yeah. I'm going to go outside and I'm going to, what's it called? Um, I'm going to call my, my mafia buddies and I'm going to tell them, you know, let's get the situation fixed. That way you guys will be safe. And they were all like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> you know, like, sense. that sounds good. So I literally just walked outside. I, just, I took a 15-minute walk. I never walk. knew this side of him. <laughs> <laughs> I walked outside. And I didn't know he was this cruel. <laughs> I took a 20-minute walk. I came back. And I was like, okay, guys, it's all taken care of. And they just they just yeah. bought into it, you know? And I was oh, like, yeah. it's so crazy that people like, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know? And I, like, now I look at well, back at it now. And in I was, his case, why not? <laughs> why not? Yeah. I look back at it now and I was like, obviously that was a big thing to do. Why would you lie, L. Ron Hubbard? Why? <laughs> oh, yeah. Obviously it was a very mean thing to <laughs> do. L. Ron you know? <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I thought it was interesting to prey on people's, you know, vulnerability and I wanted to see how easy it would be to do it myself. <laughs> from, a, from a scientific uh, a psychological point of view, I totally get that. It's an that. experiment. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Because scientists do things like that all the time mm -hmm. to uh, uh, get reactions from people or from things. Yeah. That That's the whole idea that's behind doing labs. behavior. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and unfortunately, that's the only way you will learn about yeah. certain things is by trying to elicit a response from people. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, but... We talked about that long enough, folks. Yeah, we got Once on. again, this we have a paranormal podcast. <laughs> we have driven to a fork in the road, and it became a spoon. <laughs> but that happens a lot on this I'm, podcast. I'm sorry, everybody. That was all. My it, fault. it is nothing to apologize about because that's the reason why I wanted you on the shorty day game yeah. because you have. You're a very smart kid, and you have a lot to discuss. And I love the way you think. I really do. <laughs> uh, but alrighty, so I didn't have a story until. Gabe brought up the whole kid thing with Juanita's experience mm -hmm. and about the little girl who uh, visits her at night. <laughs> and so that brought a story to my mind. Um, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast or not because I'm old and I forget <laughs> things really easy. I, I just listened to all your podcasts. I can assure you to have not told this story. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, unless you're lying to me, <laughs> which at this point, I don't know what to think anymore. Who are you? Who even are you? <laughs> I saw you born and I don't even know you. I try to be a nice guy, but I, I don't know. Sometimes my dark side gets the better. Yeah. What are you going to do? You did talk hey, about our dark side. It, it happens. Everybody has a dark side. Yeah. So, uh, this happened, uh, when I was living in thermal, um, I have a friend that I've known for 30 plus years. Uh, you know, Juan. Yeah. Great guy. And so uh, it was actually in his apartment uh, right there on, uh, I think it was called Coquel Street, uh, right next to uh, Airport Boulevard. Anyway, so uh, me and him back in the days, we were Forrest and Jenny. We were inseparable, peas mm -hmm. and carrots, you know. Uh, everything he did, I did, and that's because we were married at the time. We still hung out all the time. Mm -hmm. And so uh, he used to tell me all the time about his apartment being haunted by this little boy, right? Mm -hmm. I tended to believe in it because I've always been leaning on the side of the paranormal right. before I believe in not believing people. But Juan used to like to mess with people. He's a big jokester, very funny guy. Mm -hmm. I've always told him he needed to be a comedian uh, because he would have killed it as a comedian. Um so I kind of took it with a grain of salt, but I said, well, hopefully one day I'll get to see something, right? Right. So uh, one day we're kicking at his pad, 
And uh, he's like, hey, are you hungry? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I'll buy you uh, lunch. You know, let's go, let's go get something to eat. Mm-hmm. Take off. Go get something to eat. We come back. And uh, he's opening the door. And we can't get the door open. And he's like, what the heck? Like, you know, I... There's no reason why the door, you know, his wife didn't change the lock. At least not that he knew it. We, because mm-hmm. we weren't gone that long, like what, 30, 40 minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't get the freaking door open for any reason. We finally push it open, and there was a mattress leaning on the door. Uh, that I, I was, had, I was wrong. You did tell the story. Yeah, I, 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 I could have sworn I had. It, it I had just, it just came to me now. <laughs> uh, a little bit before. And so uh, uh, there was a mattress leaning on the door. The, the the house was like tossed, like like people had broken into the house and were looking for something. But in the span of thirty to forty minutes. Exactly. On top of the fact that there's bars all the re- all the way around the house, yeah. So nobody could get in and out through the windows. There's no back door. So the only way out is through the front door. But who's the one that leaned the? Right bed or the uh, mattress on the door to be able to block it. You know what I mean? And that's the one thing that stuck with me uh, because I eventually ended up renting that same apartment uh-huh. when I moved uh, uh, next door to him because then he took over the his mother-in-law's house with his wife uh, next door to me there on Coquel. Uh, so fast forward a few years, I'm staying there and uh Unfortunately, me and my wife had a falling out. She ended up leaving. Mm-hmm. I was staying there by myself. And uh, one night, um, it, it, it was a small apartment. It had a bedroom, but the bedroom was maybe half this. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't a very oh, big bedroom. Mm-hmm. But it had its kitchen and, and living room basically was all the same thing. It was almost like a studio with a small little cubby. And I'm in the bedroom, and I hear something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what the heck is that? I get up, go and check. I figured, because out there in Thermal Mecca area, there's a lot of stray animals, stray mm-hmm. dogs, stuff like that. I was hoping that a dog or something hadn't gotten into the trash and tore the trash up and stuff like that. So go outside, check. Nothing. It's all quiet. This is like, I want to say 12, 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's not the witching hour. Um... I go back and lay down, you know, and this is way before there were cell phones and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know? Yeah. Well, actually there were cell phones, but I couldn't afford one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a little box TV, 10 inch, you know, screen, little mm-hmm. small thing. I'm watching that, but I don't have it up very loud. And, uh, I hear what sounds like a whisper and I'm like, the fuck? like, what the heck is that? Right. You know, I get up, go look around again. Nothing. I leave my house. I go next door. I knock on Juan's door. He answers the door, and I'm like, don't lie to me. Are you messing with me right now? Are you at my house? Okay, yeah. And he's like, what the heck are you talking about? Because he used to call me. We, As friends do, we had a bunch of nicknames for each mm-hmm. other. So he's like, hey. he's like, what are you talking about? Uh, uh, you know, yada, yada. Um, he used to call me a twist for some weird reason. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, dude, I'm hearing, like, noises in the apartment. He's like, it's a little boy. He's like, remember what happened a couple years ago? And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, I've been living there for a while now. You know, even when my ex-wife was still with me, uh, we never heard anything. Nothing ever seemed to be there. You know, it's her being gone all of a sudden. The kid has nothing better to do. 
Maybe just sense that you were lonely and wanted to give you a roommate. Maybe, you know. So he's whispering. Yeah. Well, you know, that <laughs> that kind of creeps me out because <laughs> me, little boy in the room, you know. <laughs> uh, he tells me nothing's going on, that he's not messing with me. I'm like, all right, dude, it better not be you because I'm going to be pissed. So he starts laughing. He's like, just go to sleep. I go back. I decide to turn the TV off, lay down. And I feel the bed, like, nudge. Oh, that's scary. And I could feel something behind me. Now, the room's small. Right. So you can only imagine what a small little bed is going to be like inside it's that room, room, right? You know? Um, I can't say it was a little boy. I can't say it was anything. But I could feel a presence behind me. I There was something there. It wasn't my imagination. Like Big Spoon, Little Spoon kind of? Not laying on the bed with me, just like in standing the... next to the bed. Oh. Kind of like what happened to you in, yeah. in a way. Uh, and so me being who I am, yeah. I'm like, look it. I'm, you, you don't scare me. I'm just like, it just, you know, throws me off. I, I don't know why you're here, what you want, what's going on. Mm -hmm. But this is my house, and I would appreciate it if you wouldn't do things to mess with me. Right. Like, I really don't appreciate that. I, I, I got to say, I think it's very cool that you have courage to talk to the ghost. Because I'm the kind of guy, if something weird, something weird happens, you'll see through my stories. But I'm like, if you don't acknowledge it, it didn't happen. So, you know, I'm like, <laughs> if you ignore yeah. it and move on, you'll be great, you know? <laughs> I, uh, deny, deny, deny. I don't yeah. know what drama me. I've always, ever since I was a kid, I've never been afraid to, like, walk in the dark by myself. Yeah, know, I've never be been places. afraid. But I'm just like, you know, if I don't acknowledge it, I don't have to worry about the fact that it didn't happen. Like, that was so. Not me. I, yeah. I, I want to. I, I want to engage with these things because I want to. <coughs> I want. Why. I want to not just know why, but I want them to know that I know that they're there. Mm -hmm. But don't mess with me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I, obviously, I can't beat up a ghost. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But if I got to take steps to like ban you from my house, you know, whether it be, you know, through prayer, sage, whatever it may be, mm -hmm. you know, if we can coexist in this in this house together, fine. Yeah. But don't do weird, creepy things. Yeah. That, that's not necessary either. Yeah. And you're not going to scare me. You're going to upset me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to get more mad than I am anything else. Right. You know? So, uh, but after that, I never really experienced anything again. It just, I never really, I, I heard noises on the outside of the house, you know, uh, things like that. But that I heard uh, anything like that. I never felt the, belt, the bed being nudged again by anything. Mm -hmm. Nothing like that. It just kind of... Why said, okay. is it that you thought, or that Juan thought it was a boy, a little boy? You know what? That's a good question, and I know the reason. He's told me the reason before. It's been so many years. There was a reason. Though. But there is a reason. I think a little boy was killed. Oh. Something happened. Okay. Something happened. So it has a history. Something. There, there's a history there. Why he says it's a little boy. Okay. His mom, or his mom, his mother-in-law, uh, his ex-wife's mom, anyway, um, Owned that property in Thermal for many, many years. Mm -hmm. Those apartments that I lived in and that he lived in before uh, uh, were the mother-in-law's. That's who we paid our rent to because she mm -hmm. rented to us and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So uh, um, there's a history there. Okay. Uh, I just don't remember, but I am going to ask him so that the next time we're on the podcast, we can talk about it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, 
Um, and we can get better clarification why that was that we said it was a little boy. Mm -hmm. um, and also, I would have to ask him, too, because they saw the little boy. Okay. Oh, wow. And somebody saw the little boy in that apartment. I just don't remember who. Like, right now, for some reason, those stories are really clouded in my head. I think the little boy's messing with my brain. Mm -hmm. Doesn't want me to talk about him uh, online, I guess. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, there's a history to it, but... As, as my part of it, uh, never again. Nothing ever again. I just, I guess, whatever was there, whatever the entity may be, said, okay, I get you. We'll just coexist. We'll coexist. I'll hunt when you're gone. When you come back, it's your place. Right, yeah. And that was pretty much the end of that. You know, so, yeah, it was interesting. And just like anything, when, whenever I tell these stories, I, I'm i always looking up because, you know, when you're looking up, you're trying to visualize it, it because you're remembering mm -hmm. exactly how everything broke down that mm -hmm. and for that incident, you know. Yeah. And so I'm just like, you know, I could remember it so vis vividly how everything looked and how everything was and so on and so mm -hmm. forth. So it's a trip. You know, those that was a an interesting story. Not like you guys, where you guys had multiple people experience something, something. at the same time. Yeah, but I mean, you had multiple people because it was Juan and you. But yeah, experienced just it, so. just different incidents. And yeah. well, I guess it was multiple people. You know, because me and Juan, like I said, we went to go get something to eat, come back, and somebody tossed the, the apartment out. Yeah, and, he experienced it first, and then you. And so that was that was crazy, man. That little cocaine apartment. You know, that was a long time ago, but. Interesting story. There's other interesting stories about that apartment, like I said, that I have to remember. Yeah. I'll probably talk to Juan about it. Well, so you I can actually refresh have some interesting stories on the Armado house just across the street. So. I told one of those interesting stories. The one about... About the alien? About uh, alien. Yeah. I wanted Joe to tell you, Graham. but you had the story wrong. <laughs> Graham and Joe both heard it at the same time because Graham was in her room and Joe was... Uh, outside in the driveway he had just gotten home from work oh is that and right he was sitting on the driveway listening to music because you know how he used to do his rap thing back then yeah so like she heard it she was like what is that she walks outside um and she sees joe um lean back in the car because he was hiding because he got scared he didn't know what it was so she went outside to talk to him and he's like he's like she's like what are you doing and he's like oh i heard this like alien noise um i don't know to them it sounded like like um like if aliens were talking, but were like also switching the channels, yeah. you know, on like on like old AM radios, that's what it sounded like to them. Yeah, like an old ham radio. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the story is true. I just got it wrong. Yeah, no, it's, I'm not saying you got it wrong. I'm just saying like that's 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 what I remember about it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But um, yeah, I could tell a few stories about the Armado because um, everybody used to say that everybody used to say that I was a troubled kid and that I had. Because I used to love like watching horror movies and horror TV shows. I mean, I watched The Exorcist for the first Look time at like family. seven years old. You know, <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was the coolest movie ever. I was like, right. I gotta watch it again. Yeah. Um, you know, and I was very into like paranormal and stuff like that as a kid. So um, everybody used to say that there was actually a little, that there was a tiny little black figure that would always come, that would always run out of my room, and it would come in the uh, hallway, Ooh. and it would stare at them, and then when they would see it, it would run back into my Ooh, room. Ooh, like cat's eye. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. Wait, and, and so that house is next to that apartment? No, no. This actually behind us. Yeah, it's right down oh, the street. From okay. us. Yeah. Yeah. It's right in this here. neighborhood that I live in where my house is. Yeah. Oh. But we're going to stop there, folks. Yeah, we'll get to that another Because time. we will share these stories another time. Yeah. We need to use our stories sparingly because yeah. if yeah. not, we can sit here for the next four hours <laughs> and tell a bunch of scary stories, which would be fun, but. 
we need to save them for another podcast yeah, exactly. for another day. Leave them wanting more. Okay. Absolutely. Always leave them wanting more. <laughs> Alrighty, folks. That's going to be it for us. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much, Gabe, yeah. for being on the show, our guest speaker today, talking about Scientology, telling his stories. And, uh, and uh, he will be coming back, folks, because I get the feeling, and I haven't even heard the responses yet about it, but I know you guys like Gabe. <laughs> I really do. I get that I feeling. Feel yeah. And so I've one thing about the podcast is ever since I started doing them, I've always been right with my instincts. Like when my with the podcast I do with my brother, I've been right about it almost every time about mm -hmm. how we were gonna hit, what we were gonna hit, mm -hmm. how how popular we would be. I knew that the sports one was gonna be good, but that it was never gonna really get to where I wanted it to. Mm -hmm. I knew it. Mm -hmm. I did it anyways because Todd's a really good friend of mine and 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 I liked doing it with him. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just get these feelings sometimes. It's it's that thing that I talked about, I think, last week or the week before where, you know, I called Seeger's home run and, and yeah. I knew these things yeah, were going to happen. Talking about that, yeah. You know, and, 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 and like I said before, folks, if you guys don't believe this, if you think I'm trying to talk myself up, Ask my he, wife. He's not trying to talk himself up. I honestly thought that this was going to be a one-day event for me, and I was actually going to just tell all my ghost stories once and then just never come back. But um, doing this right now, I honestly think that this is something that I might need in my life right now. So I think Aww. I'd like to ask Chris Aww. if I can come back. Of course. So, You're yeah. more than welcome to come back. And uh, so thank you, folks, like I said, once again for listening. want to send a shout-out again to all our frontline workers and everybody out there who's making it happen, who's helping everybody out, who's trying to make this transition into this new world that we're going to live in, a lot better place. Yeah. People, do your part, please. I know we're starting to calm down and we're starting to switch color tiers and yada yada, but we can't step on the accelerator just yet. There's people out there that are still getting sick, mm -hmm. people who still need their vaccines. I'm nobody here to tell you what you should do with your life one way or the other. But remember, don't be selfish. It's not about you. It's about everybody. Everybody lives on this planet together. And I think we all decided to do what was best for everybody around us, we'd be a better, happier, safer place. So thank you guys for listening. Uh, Weird Stories of the Paranormal at gmail.com or Coachella Valley Paranormal Research Group, uh, 2015, I think it is, 2014, uh, at gmail.com. Or you guys can hit us up on our Facebook page. Uh, hit me up like you guys have done in the past. And thank you guys very much for listening. We love you guys. Have a very safe and happy week. And we will see you guys again next week. Thank you.